Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner. I'm the producer of the show. We're really happy to have you here. We have some super special guests, Paul and Maddie Vogie. Maddie is actually Ian's daughter. Paul and Maddie, you're going to fall in love with them. They're the sweetest couple, really, really sharp. Maddie is a nine. Paul is a seven. They started a company 13 months ago, Ourobora. It's a sparkling water company. And I'm telling you, this stuff is amazing. And they are on Shark Tank tomorrow night, Friday, January 22nd. So you've got to listen to this show and you've got to dial in tomorrow night uh, to Shark Tank to see Paul and Maddie present Ourobora and see if one of the sharks select them. This is a really fun episode. They're in their 20s and they're super self-aware. Just a, a really, really special couple. So I know you're going to enjoy this. So without any further ado, here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Maddie and Paul Vogie, welcome to Typology. Woohoo! Yay! Thanks for having us. It is a treat to have my <laughs> daughter and son-in-law on the show. This is great. Isn't it great? I'm so excited. Man. For many reasons. Me too. Yeah. Paul and Maddie, I want you to just start by uh, introducing yourselves, what it is that you're doing with your lives right now, and tell folks your type. Sure. Uh, my name is Paul. Uh, I am a type seven, an enthusiast. Right now, I'm one of the co-founders of Ourobora. It's a artisanal sparkling water company based out of San Francisco, California. Uh, Every day, we're trying to sell more interesting and exciting flavors than the traditional sparkling water you probably grew up drinking. Think lemongrass, coconut, cactus rose, lavender, cucumber. So uh, I spend most days talking to retailers, distributors, et cetera, and uh, sometimes talking to my father-in-law on his podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me just say something about Ourobora. Can I, Anthony? Yes. Because you and I love this sparkling water. We do love it. And it's not just because it's my daughter and son-in-law's, you know, big, big deal in life right now. No, 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 not at all. So Ourobora is a line of sparkling waters made from real herbs fruits, and flowers for earthly tastes and heavenly feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Where heaven meets earth. I like it. Yep. We use or they use plant-based ingredients to herb up your sparkling water experience. And the flavor profile, Anthony, is unlike any other. (laughs) I'll have to say this. I am the first one on Typology that brought it to our customers because you gave me uh, a can yes. over at your house. Yes. I came over to the studio. This is when we were Zooming and Ian was still at home. And I I brought up the can. I said, Ian, tell us about this. It was product placement. <laughs> shameless product placement without a dime going into our pockets. I was one over with one can. So That's right. Go. Well, you know why? Tell me. Shut up, Paul. Because... <laughs> It's bold, it's refreshing, and full-bodied with a soft floral finish. <laughs> Come on. Okay, all right, so I'm reading a little copy here, but it is really, really great stuff. It and, is uh, really good. All right, Maddie, over to you. Tell us about what you're doing and your type. Sweet. Okay. I'm Maddie. I am a nine on the Enneagram, a peacemaker, and 
also the top of the pyramid, which I think is it, <laughs> the best. Right. Um, yep. I am the other co-founder at Ourobora, and I do a lot of creative direction. I work at Ourobora in my every pretty much waking hour outside of the workday because during the workday I'm a creative director at a software company out here in San Francisco. Mm. I have to say this, I because I was just talking to my sister about Ouroboros today. I turned her on to it. And uh, I even like love, because you just mentioned this, I love the color of the cans. And mm. like, it's, I mean, every part of it's really cool. And I'm, maybe I am a little biased, but I do think it's cool. <laughs> we love to hear that. Thank and, you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you also have some exciting news about something coming up in about 24 hours is that right we do <laughs> yeah it's kind of surreal news like you, you keep saying it places and it just seems like it must be a lie and maybe it is on friday and this is the greatest ruse of all time but um yeah we filmed an episode of shark tank that is airing this friday january 22nd at eight o'clock eastern time seven pacific sorry seven central eight pacific um, if you're familiar with the show, it's kind of the entrepreneurial show of all shows. Uh, it was a wild experience, but tune in, watch us get eaten up by the sharks, and uh, <laughs> hopefully they like what we're selling. Mm. Is We've there blood in the water? Our reality show debut. Yeah, reality show debut. <laughs> okay, so you know, I'm I'm dad, and <laughs> I'm just curious because you haven't told me yet. Did you get a deal? We, Dad, cannot <laughs> actually tell you that. You're actually going to have to watch. I'm your father. I am I your know. father. I know. All the more reason, really. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you think I can't keep a secret, somebody right? Somebody knows somebody too well. All right, moving on to the uh, Enneagram portion of this conversation. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit. I mean, here you are. Paul, how old are you? Let people know. I'm 26. Maddie? 26. All right. Love this. I love having a young couple on the show. Oh, man. From your perspective, your history as, you know, being married for a few years now, what's a 7-9 relationship like? Hmm. Well, I think it's awesome, first mm. of all. Okay. I like there for all of the areas where we might struggle relationally there's a huge benefit to mm. having our types together i tend where i tend to have periods of inactivity or have a hard time mustering a lot of energy paul is other end of the spectrum and where he tends to feel like he can't engage emotionally or is sort of checking out from from painful things, that feels like a lot more of my wheelhouse. So mm. I would say there's a lot of compatibility and a, a lot of fun. Sounds mm. like Maddie just brings a lot of pain to my life. <laughs> yes. And, and <laughs> it's your turn to either disabuse us of that idea and be careful. Uh, <laughs> just share from your perspective what it's like being married to a nine. Um, I would say you probably had a lot of sevens express this sentiment that before they're in any kind of serious relationship, be it romantic or platonic, that they probably had no need in their life to really delve 
deeply emotionally. Like I think you can get pretty far in life, many decades after your birth, before having to kind of reach into the emotional depths of yourself. Hmm. If you stay alone, if you become a close friend or romantic partner with someone that does have, and it sometimes feels like Maddie has kind of like oceans level depth of emotion. And I'm over here kind of in a pool. Hmm. Um, and it feels like each year that we're together, maybe my pool is getting a little bit deeper. Maybe, maybe now I'm a pond or a lake, not quite an ocean, but somewhere between a pool and an ocean. Um, so that's one piece of it. So as Maddie said, yes, in some moments it's, uh, coming to terms with pain in a honest way. I think most sevens come to terms with pain, probably in a joking way or an intellectual way, but not in an emotional way. Mm. But on the other end of the spectrum, I think there's plenty of ways where I experienced joy on a mm. very skin level surface feeling, but have probably expressed, expressed and felt joy at a deeper level as well. So I'll say my, my highs have gotten higher and my lows have gotten lower probably since being married to Maddie. Hmm. Do you think most sevens experience joy? This is a not very self-aware seven I'm just describing here. What they might think is joy is actually just some kind of, to use your analogy, skating on the surface of just happiness, but it's not joy. It's just wafer thin. You know, I, I often find, I think that's true with sevens. I would say there's some time delay with me as well. Mm. Like I might go on a, a trip or have some kind of unique experience that I'll call like a 70 experience. It could be as simple as going out to ice cream. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> even though sevens are really excited beforehand, they're planning it. They're really excited. They go, they're having a happy moment. It's a good time. I think often I feel like a couple days delayed in emotion or be like, you know, I did experience joy in going out to ice cream with that group of people. I did experience joy on that road trip, but during the road trip, no, like I want, you know, here's the best burger we're going to stop at in between Tulsa and mm. Kansas city. Uh, this is going to be, you know, the soundtrack we're listening to when it's sunny. This is the soundtrack when it's dark, etc. You're et kind of constantly optimizing. Absolutely. Yes. So it's often like 48 hours later that I look back and think, wow, wasn't that such a joyful time, if at all? And I think similarly on the negative side, I think sevens can feel kind of delayed pain as well. So I'll say, mm -hmm. yes, I think they skate on the surface, but maybe in private later, sevens can experience that depth, but mm. it's not the same. You know, I, I'm glad to hear you do that. I'm not sure all sevens do. I think some sevens actually never experience the joy because they're so quickly on to the next thing that they don't stop enough. Yeah. And so it sounds like at least you have a pause two days later where it dawns on you that I experienced joy previously. However, I would say that most sevens uh, that are younger because they're not as self-aware as a 50-year-old seven, but even 50-year-old sevens who haven't done their work end up never actually experiencing uh, the depth of joy that's available to them if they had remained in the present moment. Okay, so Paul, I'm going to ask you another question. You you were saying that Maddie helped you to get in touch with emotions that you would otherwise ignore, deny. I'm going to just use different words than you did. Tell me about an emotion Maddie... Um, pressured you or in in a good way or held you accountable to feeling 
that you would otherwise not have felt? And, and which was the most uncomfortable? Um, I think some, some amount of it, I'm trying to think, of, is it, yeah, I'll try to put it in a word. I think there's a, to your point about kind of the distinction between happiness and joy, I think on the other end of the spectrum, there's a distinction between sadness and pain and suffering. Um, I think sevens, I'll just speak for myself as a seven, there are so many times where I've been sad or in pain or, or felt uh, even angry, anywhere at the low end of emotion. And I want intellectually for it to just stay as, oh, you know, that, that hurt my feelings, but that's okay. And sometimes it'll take Maddie being like, well, that actually, that hurts your feelings because it reminds you of this insecurity or that hurt your feelings because it's similar to how you felt around this family member or this friend in the past. And I will no doubt purposefully not want to connect those dots. Mm. You know, there's, there's an amazing scene in what about Bob, my favorite comedy of all time, <laughs> where he is sitting with Dr. Leo Marvin and he's describing his divorce. And he says, uh, you know, some, some, some people hate Neil Diamond and some people love him. My ex-wife loved him. And Dr. Marvin makes him say, after a lot of questioning, says, maybe in fact your ex-wife didn't, didn't leave you because she loves Neil Diamond. Maybe she left you because of you. And there's an amazing scene of Bob just going, ow, ow. <laughs> and he's, just, he's just finally coming to grips with something that no doubt he has known. It's just a far easier narrative to say, oh, she loved Neil Diamond instead of me. And then only when Leo Marvin forced him to kind of turn inwards and say, maybe this is actually you and you're the problem. And I think there's been many instances like that where Maddie's saying, well, you might actually have your feelings a little bit hurt, but it sounds like your feelings aren't hurt. What you're actually feeling is suffering. And I would mm. think, whoa, no, no, I haven't suffered. Surely not me. Um, and it takes her kind of convincing me until I realize, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. This is deeper pain than I thought possible. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's incredible insight for a 26-year-old, isn't it? It is. And, and not only that, but what we just heard was our audience being well-schooled mm. in what a seven should have in a relationship with another person. Yes, right. Now, Maddie, did you – I mean, I know that you're, you're naturally a self-reflective person. You have been through some hard times in your own life. Uh, which has brought you a depth uh, and, and uh, it has enlarged what was already a big capacity for compassion and empathy, but it's made it deeper and wider and more capacious than it is for, for most people. That's my experience of you. Um, how has Paul's presence in your life helped you to deal with the avoidance of of conflict and of dealing with anger. Now, I know, again, you've done a lot of personal work, but I'm just curious since those are big themes in the life of a nine. Yeah. Gosh, well, I would say, for one, the first couple years of our marriage were marked by a lot of mental health issues for me. Mm feeling like tr a lot of depression, struggling to motivate um, or leave the house or sometimes get up in the morning, mm -hmm. 
And so to start, I think on a high level, Paul's sort of radiant energy and fervor and excitement about literally each and every day he wakes up mm. was super, really healing. Mm. And some days he would be trying to pull me out of bed to go to some early morning spin class. And I would, <laughs> the only way I could get out of it was by eventually crying, having a breakdown and crying and say, I can't, I can't do this. But other days it didn't feel as much like that. And I sort of rode on the tailwinds of that, that energy. And mm. it helped me to sort of re-emerge into the world um but then when it comes to anger i think what has felt really um growing for me is watching paul get angry on my behalf mm. and sharing things with him that i might say makes me feel sad or makes me feel uncomfortable or didn't feel right and he will be mad um, the best example I can think of is actually fairly recently, we were at a dog park and <laughs> we have a golden doodle Indy. She was running around and I was wearing this new pair of sneakers. I was very excited about them. Like brand new. Brand new. Tags ripped off maybe 10 minutes prior. Yeah. I just put them on and a guy's dog. I won't say stereotypical tech bro, but I will say it. <laughs> Well, he was on the phone and he was kind of ranting with someone. His dog walked over and was standing next to me. And I looked down and realized it's peeing down my leg and all over my shoes. No. <laughs> oh, no. This only happens in San Francisco, by the way. Oh. Where there is a lot of stuff on the street in San Francisco that yes. is best yes. not to discuss. Uh, a, lot, a lot more fecal matter per square foot, I'll say. Yeah. Yes. But I realized, experienced all at once this, like, my shoes I, this dog, I'm uncomfortable. This is hot and gross. And also immediately I feel so bad for this guy. I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable or bad for what just happened. I'm going to make it like, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. You're going to avoid conflict. He's seen what's happened. He's on the phone and he looks at me and sees me kind of be like, it's, it's okay. And he doesn't even hang up. Does, doesn't ask them to go on hold, doesn't hang up the phone. He realizes in a split second, he sort of up and downed me and was like, you're not worth it. I can kind of push her over. It's fine if my dog pees on that girl. No problem. Oh my God. And it actually, he watched us leave. I've, I'm, I've taken off a shoe and a sock and I'm walking one shoe and barefoot to our car. And we get in the car and Paul is like, I have to go talk to him. I'm so mad. And I was like, what? No, I mean, it's fine. I, I'm bummed. Like, I'll just hose it off, whatever. We'll figure it out. And he was like, no. Like, he saw, he saw you as someone who wasn't going to advocate for themselves. And he totally took advantage of it. And he was so raging. And it was, it made me cry. Mm-hmm. I felt like the most compassion from him for being willing to, like, carry what I wasn't willing to carry myself, that anger, and then feel it for me. Mm. Um, anyways, I got new shoes, but <laughs> um, it was, it was, uh, I'll remember that for a long time. Mm. Paul, did you go talk to him? Yeah, I talked to him. You know, what, what is not being said in this story is how much I just loathe dog parks. <laughs> I think dog, dog parks 
are just a cesspool of poor dog etiquette. And often people are in exactly this, that kind of a laissez-faire attitude towards their dog's actions. And so all that to say, yes, of course, I was defending Maddie. And I, I did feel like there was probably some sexism present. If his dog had peed on a man, I think he probably would have hung up the phone. Mm. And maybe he just thought, oh, she loves dogs. So of course she won't mind this happening because she has a dog. Mm. But it, it also didn't help there's a dog park. So I was already angry already. So then having it happen to Maddie, it was an easy conversation to go have and be motivated to make sure he knew how unacceptable that was. Maddie, did Paul's anger help you connect with your own? A hundred percent, but it really takes me, I, I mean, conscious effort. Mm. I have to sit down and journal and think about it and talk to people about it for me to finally tap into that. Like, mm. um, what I actually have realized is something I carry just in my chest. I feel mm. hot and, and shaky. And if I, if I let myself dwell on that feeling, all of a sudden I can tap into this, this anger that ha I'm learning to access. Mm. That's good. Isn't that good? Because you're also talking about the somatic dimension right, right, right. of the Enneagram yeah. again, which is where does this live in your body? Yeah. Like, like, uh, if you can begin to feel uh, particularly your passion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but in this instance, uh, you know, a feeling that you need to access and experience and not run from and, and then act on, advocate for yourself, uh, assert yourself to say, this is not acceptable that your dog just peed down my leg. Please take out your wallet and buy my new shoes, yeah. right? Um, you know, and trust me, that guy in that dog park, I'm sure in San Francisco, you know, probably owns some tech company and probably could have maybe even owned the shoe store for all the shoe <laughs> brand for all we know. Um, but, but I think, Paul, there again is another situation where uh, our partner can help us mm. when we're using That's the good, Enneagram yeah. Yeah. to say, I know that this is not easy for you. I'm going to cover your ass right now mm -hmm. and go talk to this person. However, in the future, it might be really great, Maddie, if this is something you might do for yourself. Totally. You know, that is fantastic. I'm feeling good about this marriage right now. I, am too. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was going to be okay right from the get go, but this is just, I like this conversation because it's actually proving that I'm right. And there's few things I like more <laughs> than being right. It's not one of, it's kind of a character defect, but we'll get to that at some other day. Um, all right. You guys are under a lot of stress right now. Aura Bora, I mean, seriously, people, Ourobora is taking off. This thing has only been going for 13 months, roughly, right? That's right. You, you are in, what, 700 and some grocery stores last I heard? What is it now? Wow. We're in 1,100 grocery stores. Where have I been? What is that since last week? Yeah, we just launched uh, in 350 new stores beginning of January. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, and two big chains, right? I'm not sure if you can mention them, but yeah, no, I can. We're so we. Uh, you're right. It's been 13 months. Our first kind of big retailer launch was Whole Foods. We're in the Rocky Mountain region of Whole Foods. So if you're listening to this and you live in Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, check your local Whole Foods. Uh, in the Midwest, we're in a chain called Meyer. They have a couple hundred stores. Mm -hmm. We just got into Walmart. That's the newest oh. retailer in Northern oh. California in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. And shout out to another typology sponsor. Uh, we're on Thrive Market coast to coast. 
Did you yes. hear that, Thrive Market? Woo-woo. Man, <laughs> come on. All right. And people can get right now, because I think fairly soon it'll be available nationwide, because a lot of these people like 7-Eleven, Walmart, other places, they beta test in different markets, right, before they kind of go spread n- nationwide and then, and then beyond. Um, you know, uh, um, what was I going to say, Anthony? Why wow, you're you're my producer? What it's going to be available? <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so it's going to be it's available on Amazon. People can can order a case at on yes, Amazon, right? Yeah, find us on Amazon or on our own website, orabora.com. A u r a a u r a b o r a dot com. Is there a place that you prefer them to go? Uh, I prefer them to go to Ourobora.com, but if they have Amazon Prime, it's pretty hard to beat one-day shipping, so yeah. I get it. But leave reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Five-star reviews. There you go. I like the coconut lemongrass or lemongrass coconut. I can never get the words in the right order, but that is slamming. That cucumber lavender, isn't that one? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Wow. You really do know your Ourobora. Yeah. I'm I like you. that. All yeah. right, so you're under a lot of stress because there's a lot going on. I know that you're working 20 hours a day especially with Shark Tank coming up tomorrow night. And, you know, because you're going to get, I mean, how many people, watchers watch, how many people watch Shark Tank? You know, it's, you, this season it's been kind of between three and four million per okay. episode. All right. And so you're going to get thousands of orders. That's right. Were well, you we wearing have- your ty- typology tees when you went in and represented? Yeah. We did. Yeah, we were wearing typology t-shirts and socks. I was actually okay. just wearing a mask of Anthony's face. Nice. <laughs> you don't know this. You're actually on Shark Tank tomorrow night. <laughs> Whose face? I-, I was wearing Anthony's. I don't know about Maddie. Maddie had yeah. yours. Dad, right, but- I was wearing that hat you're wearing. <laughs> okay. That's a sure brand. Anyhow, so you're under a lot of stress. And a lot of times when people are under stress in their types, they can double down on unhealthy behaviors. Mm. Right. It's sort of like, okay, I'm going to keep doing what doesn't work in this situation historically, but it's all I know how to do it. Right. And so, Paul, for you as a seven, you might find yourself, and this is interesting because you were just describing it in the dog park, which I was going to get into, Mm. but under stress, ones can become, take the moral high ground, become a little superior. Uh, They can become perfectionistic. Uh, they become kind of uh, manic and they can become a little bit like, I hate dog parks. I hate people in the dog parks. You know what I mean? It's a cesspool. And you, said ones. you said ones. You mean sevens? Sevens, when they're under they, stress, though, they go to oh, one. They go to the unhealthy place of one and they take on, when a one is unhealthy, that kind of moral superiority, that sort of judgmental, critical spirit. Um, a little bit. Why don't these people do it right? Why aren't dog parks cleaner? Who who's not picking up their dog poo in here? You, you know all that. Does this sound familiar, Paul? Is this totally? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, if, hey, we can do a whole episode just on my take on dog parks. So I agree with everything you just said. It, I, I hate to say it, but it does transcend dog parks. It does. Yeah. Yes, dog parks, I mean, that's easy. That's just low hanging fruit. Dog parks, no problem. All right, so. <laughs> So, so in that situation, right, uh, you, um, you know, kind of begin to take up some of those traits when you're under a lot of stress. Maddie, you will go to the low side of six and there you, you might become more indecisive than a nine already is, which can be really something to behold. Uh, you, you can become a little paranoid, a little bit like the world's against me and why, you know, et, et cetera, uh, like, a, like a six might. You, you will become 
more of a worst case scenario thinker like uh you know something uh oh she's laughing <laughs> uh like something bad's going to happen i know it and you know or you know however it goes are you guys experiencing that and if so is your does your knowledge of the enneagram help and what do you do i think so regarding the first half of you know my negative qualities and stress um I think anyone listening to this that's started a business or has grown a business, like you're, you're always kind of hiring late. Like I probably needed to hire someone three months ago, but we're bringing them on this week and that will just continue probably in perpetuity. So as a result, in those kind of time periods before you hire someone that can help you out, you're probably juggling a few jobs, wearing a few hats. And there's a moment, it was probably end of August where I was you know, this, this is a sparkling water company, but if you just took what I do every day, it probably looks a lot more like a shipping business. You know, we're just putting pallets on trucks and trucks to stores and stores to shelf and back in the carts and back in the trucks and back in the pallets. And that's just like not what I got into this for. So there was a time in August where I was talking to like six different trucking companies and five different truck drivers have my cell phone number. And there's three different warehouses in Texas and Colorado and California. We're shipping product between them. And I got so angry at this one truck driver who he's got 25 pallets in his truck. I just own the product that's on one of those 25 pallets. The self-importance from me was ridiculous. I look back at this and cringe. And obviously eventually I called him back and said, hey, I'm so sorry for getting frustrated with you. I'm just frustrated because it feels like no one cares as much as I do. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it was a one thing. It wasn't me saying, why isn't this working? It was me saying, how dare you? How dare you? this guy that's shipping our product from one state to the next state, not doing your job the way it ought to be done. Mm. You know, shame on you, et cetera. Which of course he's probably thinking, shame on me. You're the crazy person yelling at me on the cell phone. Like I'm just doing my job, which he was. So I think often I, exactly what you just said in moments of anger and stress can so easily go to, why does the world work this way? This is not how all right. the cogs are supposed to fit together. Right. And that's a one thing, which is, yeah. I think I think what happens in the minds of an, of an unhealthy one is the world isn't as it should be. And I feel obligated to, make, to conform the world to the way I think it should be. And interestingly, with ones, you know, if I were to say what a really unhealthy, I mean, seven looks like. The, the big sort of characterological issue they struggle with is narcissism. It's, it's this, this entitlement. Like, I'm entitled for this to work correctly. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and that can be... Uh, so, so in many ways, as with twos, humility is something sevens have to work on, right? It's like, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the funniest. I, because you all are naturally so quick-witted, funny, smart. I mean... Not every seven is, but you, you get the idea. Like a lot of sevens are, uh, that it can breed a, a kind of a spirit of at times entitlement and, um, it you know the, this it is a little bit the world should be all about me, right? It, and yeah. when it isn't, it, it can right under stress can create all kinds of problems. Uh, and that's not just you; that's sevens in general, really. I, and I've, I've not met a seven that actually doesn't struggle with with some of those issues. 
Hey everybody, one of the lessons I've learned over the years is that not everybody benefits from a traditional 50-minute counseling session. And this is why some people can go to couples therapy or personal counseling for a long time and never really get anywhere. This is why I'm such a believer of intensive counseling and my friends at Restoring the Soul in Colorado, created by my longtime friend Michael Cusick to help couples or individuals experience deep change and have day blocks over one or two weeks. Now listen, if you can't wait months or years to get to the bottom of an issue or to experience breakthrough, you need to get in touch with my friend Michael and his extraordinary team of counselors at Restoring the Soul. If you're looking to get out of the rut you're in but can't wait months or years, call Restoring the Soul today for a free consultation with Michael's staff. Call 303-932-9777 and learn how their intensive counseling process can help you. As a special bonus, just for Typology listeners, make sure to visit www.restoringthesoul.com slash typology to download their PDF called Five Ways Unaddressed Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationships. Maddie, low side of, of six in this time when, you know, you as a couple are like taken off like rockets on this project you also have another very demanding job <laughs> so you're managing paul you're managing aura bora and you have a new exciting job of your own how are you managing that as a nine often go to the low side of six but maybe there are other things that come up for you wait let me just i have to say one thing i, I often get emails and requests from other brands other people that have consumer branded products asking Hey, who does your creative? Like, you know, who's doing your amazing copywriting? Who's managing your social media? Who's doing your art direction, et cetera? And can you please pass along my info to them? Because I'd love to work with them. <laughs> and I, I always, I first of all, I always smile. And then I have to reply and I just have to say, hey, I actually married extremely well and they have no time for you because I am using all of their time. So I will not be passing on your information. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> so yes, Maddie is the busiest person anyone knows. Maddie? Gosh. Well, how, okay. How are you dealing? I was laughing earlier when you were describing this low side of six because I, uh, there's a lot of anxiety and fear that comes with starting a business in general. It's like a big, there's a big financial piece. There's a big sort of like career piece. We're young. What if this doesn't work? What, what then? Um, but I, I was laughing because I recently realized I've also found a way to feel afraid of succeeding. Hmm. <laughs> And the thought of this, of Ouroboros working and like becoming nationwide and being a really viable business, which is still sort of in that gray area right now. I have had conversations with Paul where he's had to calm me down from being like, well, what if we change? What if, what if it works? And then we don't know what if, what if we decide to sell it and then we don't know what to do with our lives next? Or what if you never become passionate about something like this again? And it's like, uh, I've definitely found a way in this stressful time where we're putting so much effort into this to feel like oh i can make this stressful no matter which way it goes <laughs> i mean this is classic i mean the seven to one the yeah. nine to six yeah right and i you know me i'm always the type who's like well 
don't be surprised if in stress your type goes to this. Mm-hmm. I, I hate when people get rigid and fundamentalist and say, this is the only place nines will go or sevens will go. I'm like, well, it's a little more complicated than that. It's like, no, they could also, because of trauma, because of other stuff mm-hmm. in their life and history, they may have other responses in addition to these or these not at all, right? Um, but because of the self-knowledge and self-awareness you've gained from knowing the Enneagram, are you guys able to spot when this happens and begin to make different choices? Or are you still at that stage where it's like, I'm just in reactivity. I'm not, I'm not connecting the dots to how I'm doing right now. I think a hundred percent the Enneagram. I mean, I, I don't know if I can even speak to how to, to measuring it because it's been a real guiding light for us in, since we got married. I'll say to your question of, are we reactive or are we proactive? My response would be like, how many hours of sleep did I get? Uh, Have I eaten a meal in the last few hours? I've heard you say this on your podcast, Ian, of, I mean, the percentage of issues or stressors or catastrophes you have, so many of them are just eliminated by a good night's sleep, a glass of water and a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I find in those healthier moments, it's a lot easier to be uh, proactive than reactive. Mm. Absolutely. You know, again, I'll just say it for folks that are Mm. are listening. Uh, You know, uh, as a therapist, I've had people, you know, at times come in the office and they're freaking out. They're just freaking out. The the sky is falling. My marriage is ending, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'll be like, okay, let's just start with the basics. Let's just start with the basics. And uh, I'll say, how much sleep have you been getting? Four hours a night. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you eating three meals a day? Who has time? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, when was the last time you exercised? And, and it'll be like, oh, I don't know. Every day feels like nothing but exercise. And then, you know, I'll ask, are you hydrated? Here's an interesting fact about hydration. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds like it's going off the, the, the <clears throat> mark, but this is important stuff. Did you know, and I heard this from an ER doctor who's a friend of mine. Wow. That the majority of people who show up in an emergency room with chest pains or this or that, right? The problem is hydration. Wow. They just give them a saline bag of water and it goes away. Oh gosh, that's yeah, not Maddie, that's not good news for me. Maddie's in trouble. Actually, to be honest, Ian, most of your your children have some hydration things. <laughs> I, I was I was laughing. Your son Aiden, who lived at this in San Francisco for a while, one time I saw him drinking a glass of water, and I I realized this is so odd to me. I have never actually seen you do that. I've never seen you drink a glass of water in this house. Yeah, that's because it's usually Red Bull or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or, or some yeah. horrible drink that does not have a natural color that appears anywhere in nature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something like Unlike that. Unlike Ouroboros. Ouroboros. <laughs> Hi, great <laughs> Love that. We actually are getting close to needing to wrap. Yeah. Uh, we need to let our people know uh, when this airs tomorrow. Yes, it airs tomorrow, Friday, January 22nd. At 8 o'clock on the East Coast, 7 p.m. in Central Time, 7 p.m. on Mountain Time, and 8 p.m. on the West Coast. We also need to let people know this. Did you get a deal? (laughs) (laughs) The big question, will there be blood in the water? This is this is your daddy speaking. Did you get a deal? Blink, blink once if you got a deal. 
<laughs> Maddie, do you remember our old little our little code sign when you were a kid? Can you just give me that? You, you know, if it, if you did get a deal, I can't wait to find out. I know. Oh my it's gosh! Cool. And honestly, we haven't even seen the cut of it, so we are wow. nervous and excited to watch too. Oh, that's so fun! Tell oh. us one more time. Yeah, eight o'clock ABC on the East Coast, eight o'clock on the West Coast, seven o'clock in the middle. All right. And how do people find out about you guys again? Aurabora.com, A-U-R-A, Bora, B-O-R-A.com. Also, they can look in 7-Eleven, uh, Walmart, uh, Whole Foods, and sort of, you know, particular markets. Uh, they, can, they can order from you all direct, which is fantastic. But, you know, uh, I mean, and on Thrive Market, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Right? They can get it through Thrive Market. Man, I uh, – and also, what are the uh, – what are the social? Everything is Drink Ouroboros. You can find us Instagram, Facebook, at Drink Ouroboros. That, right. that sounds right. Yeah. Right? Yes. Seven and nine, Maddie and Paul Vogie, my daughter and my son-in-law. I am so grateful for the two of you, and I'm so grateful for the wisdom you brought to this mm. podcast. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It, it makes my heart kind of swell with joy that you all are – Using the Enneagram that's been helpful in your marriage and in your work together, understanding each other. I love the dog park story. That's going to go with me. Yeah. And um, I'm going to use that in my workshops about how couples can – that's an example of a couple yes, that's doing yeah. their work together and one is helping the other to do work within their own type. Yeah. Right? Yes. And Maddie's right. helping Paul to uh, experience the fullness of feelings rather than skating on the surface of, of feelings. I mean, there's so many things that came out of this conversation that were that were great. And Anthony, I'm going to close our episode. You know, I've, I've, I've sort of let my grip on the Oscar Wilde quote go, and I've been saying this uh, kind of blessing, which is... Yes, I like this. May you have love, may you have joy, may you have peace, may you have healing, and may you have rest. Until next time.